0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rift Reaction. I am joined right now with by Emily Rant, who is at Riot Games right now. Why are you at Riot, Emily?
1: Woo! LCS content meeting started today. So, it's actually been a fun time. Um, I was accidentally left off of some meeting, so I'm lucky that I was coming in early for another meeting. I didn't yeah. miss
0: any of them. <laughs> and you're lucky that we are so adaptable uh, it, to your schedule because Riot Games finding ways to annoy me, we're, we're recording this on Monday, we normally record on Tuesdays, so and they're, you know, they just find ways to annoy me, and one of the ways is through messing up Emily's schedule, uh, so I'm just gonna, that's my little passive-aggressive jab wow. at the start of the show.
1: okay. Okay. But it's good. It's good.
0: In. It's no. It's good. It's good to to be doing our episode because it's been it's been a little quiet recently. Emily, how have you been?
1: Uh, I've been chilling actually. I did a lot of so. Obviously, I came back last week. Um, I don't have COVID. Uh, if you guys remember I was staying at home just to save Travis from getting sick because everyone seemed to be getting sick. So. And then we had a bunch of LCS content shoots last week, which actually should be really fun. Like the stuff I was a part of was super fun. I know they have a ton of cool content planned uh, and the content team's been doing a really good job for LCS. So I'm happy to be a part of it. It was really fun.
0: What's the content?
1: I can't tell you, Travis. Wow. You can't <laughs> I just... I am just the content.
0: i I feel like, you know, we want to make sure that this show is interesting. And so you should just... Let us know. Are you at any point in time, like hooked up to a cable and in the middle of the air? Like, are you flying at all?
1: No, but I do get special effects for one of mine. So it'll be cool. Okay.
0: Nice. I like CGI.
1: Uh, I think so. Like you become
0: another character.
1: Yes. I'm going to morph into something like the fly. It's going to be really grotesque. anyone else? I like that. That's
0: where you went. I thought that you might be like, Yeah, they're going to turn me into the League of Legends character, but instead you're like, remember Jeff Goldblum's 80s film, The Fly? Okay, anyway, let's get back into the current decade because we have too many Zoomers that listen to the show and I I don't want to turn them off. Uh, League of Legends is a thing that exists, and there's a es- competitive eSports environment that's built around it, and that's what we're going to be discussing on this week's episode of Rift Reaction, much like the past 57. Uh, in fact, let's get the MSI stuff out of the way, because last week we asked folks some MSI-related questions, all of you, in the uh, through the app, and our, we asked you, one, what did you think of MSI Finals? What did people think of MSI Finals, uh, uh... Emily?
1: I mean, (laughs) people were sad about T1. Uh, Should have banned Quinn instead of blaming side selection. We talked about this last week. I know Mark did a really good blame game on it, Um, if people want to tune in to that, in terms of the response uh, regarding side selection. Um, I think Mayo with a little cowboy hat smiley face uh, shout out. The group stage was men. I really wish there were more best of threes. Uh, I, I agree. I think I'll I'll always go for best of series um, as good as they could have been shrug emoji. Um, I, I, it's,
0: I think what's interesting is I have a bit of a suspicion that like North America does not watch. These events, whatever they are, in the middle of the night. Surprise, surprise! And I am surprised that like half the the messages are people that are like, "Yeah, I didn't watch it." (laughs) Like, uh, I this is this is my theory about MSI is that it's actually like kind of a downtime for Western content, uh, and things will underperform because uh, I just feel like you know, so many of these international events. Thank God we've got Worlds coming up, but so many of these international events are at times where, especially North America, can't watch. So. Um, it feels vindicating to see so many of these comments saying like, yeah, I did watch it.
1: Yeah, Uh, I wish casters were there in person. Oh, me too, dfitch97. I wish we were there in person too. A lot of people, yeah, so like a lot of, from from my perspective, because I know you are so much better tuned in with the NANU Community. community, yeah. And so for me, I'm always like, well, this is still a pretty good series, you know, like I had a fun time, um, but I also am very into LCK and LPL, and especially because this is on such a bad time for for North America and just a little bit early for Europe. Um, it is not surprising, but it's a good reminder for me as someone who's on an NA broadcast in terms of like what the actual... NA and EU audiences are kind of looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just excited because we'll have worlds in North America. And I actually feel like that can be, I don't know. I'll be fascinated to see what that actually does for for the region. Because I think we've really needed it. Okay. We also (laughs) asked folks, uh, what MSI semi-finalists will do the best in their region this summer? We had EG 13%. G two fourteen percent, R and G twelve percent, all very very close, and then at the end we have <laughs> surprise surprise T one at sixty one percent. So I think I think that's very fair. I do wonder if they will experience much of a slump because obviously it's such a dominant split, you know, spring split. But I I wonder if they've gotten shaken a little bit from their MSI experience because I think that they probably faced challenges that they did not face in their home Mm -hmm. region. So on the other hand, they didn't have to really travel, you know, I mean, they did, but not the way that others had. And so hopefully for them, you know, things will not be as bad. I I,
1: I also think this is a reflection of like the confidence in overall other teams for the region, like T1. Sure. You can say like COVID had a part of it, but like, even then I believe that T1 still would have had a really dominant split every LCK analyst I've talked to has kind of said the same thing whereas like EG you and I know they were so shaky throughout the season you know like they didn't even have a really good regular season Um, G2 similarly really up and down regular season LPL is just full of a bunch of really good teams and even though RNG had a winning record for most of it they still looked really shaky in the beginning so it's like I think it's also a a confidence measurement for like other teams in the region where people are looking at Europe NA, and China and being like, oh, there are a lot of other teams that we've already seen be able to compete with the winners uh, of those regions. Whereas T1 really just had such a dominant split that I am also curious, like you said, to see if they they do experience any kind of lag or like adjustment coming back. But like you said, they didn't really have to travel very far. They only had to travel like two hours down to Busan. So
0: yeah, there's no time zone jet lag type stuff. All right. We've got regular season start dates that are hitting. So LEC starts June 17th, LCS, June 18th, LPL starts June 10th. Do we have an LCK start date yet? Emily Rand?
1: It is the 15th, I believe
0: the 15th. Okay. So from the 10th to the 18th, we'll have all the major regions start to kick off, uh, which is exciting because, I mean, LPL starts in, I don't know, four days as we're recording mm-hmm. this, probably two or three from when this gets released, so uh, pretty exciting to have things kick off in just a, such a short time. Uh, this is my last weekend off for quite some time, so, <laughs> and, and yours too, I know you're yeah, yeah, taking I'm actually, advantage of that and going on a trip. Yeah, I actually am going to San Diego this
1: weekend,
0: so that should be fun. Nice, well, enjoy. Uh, regardless... It is time for League of Legends Esports to come back. And one of the things that we're going to be doing in this episode is just kind of going over a lot of the roster changes. I mean, even as we record, we have some spicy ones that are happening <laughs> last minute. I feel like LCS is pretty much locked. I don't expect too many other changes. I I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens with Hunter T. But whatever, we'll talk about LCS in sh- a short time. What is going on with RNG?
1: Yeah. Um, so a lot of people were shocked, even though this was kind of in rumored to be in the works for a while, especially if you watch B stream or just get updates from B stream because he is basically the largest Chinese esports journalist at this point, considering how much stuff he leaks on stream. But basically, initially, uh, there was a rumor that RNG really wanted breathe over bin and so there has been a mid-season swap where bin after just winning the msi title with rng is actually going to blg and breathe is leaving to come to rng i think breathes uh uh, so first of all shout out to bin he had the most conservative laning phase in the finals that i've ever seen him have like he was a lot more reserved wasn't overextending a lot that kind of thing um but Breathe, I think, will be a more well rounded uh, top laner for RNG. Um, he plays a little bit safer. I think it'll allow them to do a lot more stuff around the map and be a little bit more flexible rather than kind of having to cover a lot of bins over extensions. And then maybe Bin will be the explosive thing that BLG needs because they're known for being kind of a slow, let's just say, a slow team. Um, so, yeah, that that's the big roster announcement that happened. I wanted to cover it just because I saw a lot of people being like, wait, Ben just won you an MSI. Like, you're already dumping him. Um, it kind of seems like this was in the works for a while. At least according yeah. to Doinbee stream leaks.
0: It's still fascinating, right? Like I and, you know, I it's interesting to reflect on this because I railed a lot about the summit change with Cloud9 mm-hmm. and how uh you know there's so much roster instability here but then you have something like this and it's just like it is funny to see like what happens in other regions and how things are chaotic everywhere so
1: well and he might be know. heading to fpx i'm
0: sure if
1: that's announced but that's another rumor that's going on so
0: yeah well maybe by the time this releases people <laughs> will know uh all right then we, we don't have a LPL match of the week even though it's, or because it's starting and nobody's played yeah. yet, so, but you do have a preview for us, I believe.
1: Yeah, so just a small IG versus Weibo Gaming and EDG versus FPX, obviously if you kind of look at these based on team results, uh, they could be very lopsided, um, but I'm really curious to see how, again Weibo kind of picked up towards the end of the season and everyone was expecting them to be a bit of a dark horse contender for the uh, trophy, uh, and they ended up getting eliminated. So, And then similarly, EDG actually uh, bombed out of playoffs super early compared to what you'd expect from that team. So it's kind of a... These are two like redemption matches that they can cut their teeth on to start the split off.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how things go. But let's move into the LCS and LEC roster... Shakeups that we have talked about in some situations, but because of MSI, we've mostly been focusing on what was going on at that tournament, and now we can finally get back to talking about what a lot of these mean. Mm-hmm. And as we're getting into this, there's some breaking news <laughs> as we're recording about self-made on the LEC side of things, um, which we kind of knew, but now the official word is out mm-hmm. on the changes that are happening there. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like this will probably be one of the biggest discussed changes that we see in LEC this offseason, especially as Vitality is such like a a hot topic. Um, so what what do we got happening over there, Emily?
1: Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about Vitality um, because this was kind of their super team. And like, what is a super team? Because then they came out and said they weren't a super team, all this other stuff. Um, so, yeah, the official announcement is... Uh, you know, they're like self made is incredibly talented player, well liked in the team. But League of Legends is a complex game with many different play styles that have to come together. When two different play styles can't be mixed well enough, it's important to adapt and try new options. Um, and then they had another, uh, the, this was part of the like official Vitality announcement. And then their head coach, Memphisto, added a few other things. Um, but the big thing, in my opinion, is that do is going to be their jungler as kind of a stopgap. And then they're also going to be bringing in Bo, who, if people don't remember, we've covered on this podcast before because he was indicted for match fixing and did not start for FPX after being considered like one of the most promising LPL jungle talents to come up uh, in a while.
0: And do you want to give folks like a bit of a, a- Background on Haru uh, as well.
1: Yeah, so for uh, for those that don't know uh, who Haru is, um, he previously people might remember him from all the way back on Samsung Galaxy, then KSV, then Gen G. He kind of went through like that change. Um, initially, splitting time with ambition, but he was on, he's been on SK Telecom, he's been on Hanwha Life. Um, he actually went to uh, Latin America for a while, um, and then more recently has, I believe, been in ERLs. Um, so, yeah, on X7 Esports. Because um, I'll say, I'm looking this up now, I lost track of him post Hanwha Life uh, kind of era. Um, but, you know, Previously, basically a CJ Entis jungler trainee uh, came up with the CJ org, went to Samsung, um, was on like the Samsung KSV Gen G kind of thing, working with and or behind Ambition at the time, and then um, was on SKT for a little bit, Home Life, and then. Now Team Vitality, um, I feel like, I know a lot of people, I don't know. I I feel like we've seen as much from Haru as as he's capable of. He's he's very capable jungler. I don't think you'll have explosive moments from him. Um, I think when you think of self-made's more kind of insane carry games, I don't think of Haru as a jungler who is a lot like that. So it's definitely different. If there was a playstyle issue, maybe they'll be using him is more of a facilitator. Uh, I don't really know. And and then how much they want to, because obviously it's going to, it's going to take time just to get Bo there. Uh, but, and then additionally, they say that they're using the time that Hadu is with the team to make sure Bo like situates himself lifestyle wise and like all this other stuff. Um, so I am curious to see like how much he'll start or if they're just going to be like, no, we we still want Bo to start like as soon as possible. Uh, how do you, I mean, how do you feel about all this? Because I feel like you've had some pretty strong opinions on the Vitality yeah. Super Team experiment. Uh,
0: well, I was just about to get in like the funniest thing about all this sitting on the sidelines from North America is that this feels like something that a North America team <laughs> would do. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, doesn't this feel like the most LCS thing that you have ever seen? Um, I, it's just it's hilarious to me. And so I don't and because of that, I think maybe because of that, I don't have high expectations for it, because it feels like something that a like mid tier LCS team would do to try to climb up to the top, but without really the proper strategy or idea. You know, like this is like a 2017 LCS team move um, <laughs> in my mind. And so, I I don't know. It's hard because obviously we're on the outside we don't really know what was going on with self-made and uh, there's all always the memes about you know self-made was the problem and all that type of thing so i i, I don't know like maybe sure this will suddenly change things and certainly it feels like there's a lot of chaos in in lec and lcs right now i mean especially the fact that g2 was able to make it to msi after having like a weird time like it it, it kind of implies to me that there's the opportunity for teams to still shift around a decent amount on the high end but i it's hard to look at this and be like, "Oh yeah, this is something that a vitality fan should feel incredibly confident about," or like this is like a clear fix for everything. So I'm I'm very skeptical. I guess is the best way to put it.
1: I am too. Um, I, I mean, in addition to the whole Hadou thing, I'm not sure again how much they're going to want to play him. But with Bo putting aside all of the. You know extraneous baggage that people are going to talk about and just talking about him as an L- a rising lpl jungle talent he has a lot of hallmarks that a lot of rising lpl jungle superstars have in that he is incredibly mechanically gifted um when he was on the team i think he really benefited uh from having both Doinb and crisp who know the game very well. Um, not necessarily micromanage him, but just being able to give him, like, in-game stuff, uh, you know, join be as a player, someone who pays attention to his side lanes a lot, and that helps the jungler out. He's a very good jungler's midlaner. Um, so I am very curious to see how he would work with Perks, who is someone who I think people really, really respect for his game knowledge and, and that kind of thing. And then it's going to be about, like, what are the communication barriers there? And like, what are the cultural differences there? Which is always gonna be a massive sticking point. But if people want some like hopium, like some like really, really like big hopium, if you want this to work out, I think the best case scenario is something like that where they're able to get Bowen pretty quickly. He's still incredibly mechanically gifted. And then he's able to communicate well enough with established veterans like Perks, who have a really good understanding of the game
0: you know I think what's been what's surprising to me too is that there's not like in the at least in the early community discussion around this there's not a lot of discussion around like the match fixing stuff um everybody's more focused I guess on self-made than the self-made drama yeah I
1: don't know the community loves to dunk on self made. it's very weird I I don't maybe I missed something as to why that is but
0: well I think there's just speculation that he is toxic I guess um and that there's a couple of people that have made um, drawn lines between him and like Dardok for instance, or whatever. And so I think that's maybe part of it. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Maybe well, let's,
1: maybe commenters can tell us or something.
0: <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, so, uh, along with that, we and we talked a little bit about Nisky to Mad Lions, but even before the start of the show, we were we were chatting. And you were saying you think that this is one of the best moves you've seen from mm-hmm. an LEC team in recent times.
1: Yeah, or at least like definitely going into this LEC summer. And who knows, maybe this will come bite me in the butt and, and Niski isn't the player he used to be. But anyone that has uh, listened to me talk about Niski knows that I have a great deal of respect for him. I think he's a really good understanding of the game. And in as mid lane has become a position where people are using it a lot more to affect side lanes rather than playing like specifically for your 1v1, playing specifically as a carry. Um, he was one of the first people to kind of recognize that, look at be VODs and, and that kind of thing and try to have a really strong understanding of what his jungler wants to do and what his side lanes want to do. And I think when I look at what Mad Lions kind of lacked in spring, I think he can bring that kind of game knowledge and really um, benefit Elioia to have better lane communication. And, and so, again, like, if uh, the platonic ideal of this working out is that, right? Because he's just such a good jungler's mid laner. We've talked about this before, about he has this history of, like, getting his jungler's MVP of the split. Yes. Um, Which is really funny. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Uh, I'm a lot more optimistic about this than I'll say, like, Vitality. Uh, but it is kind of a, a similar thing where you're like, okay, you're taking a really veteran, established mid laner, and like people still forget that because he had such a monster year, um, his, his rookie season. But like Elioya is still incredibly young. Uh, so I, I think that pairing is something I'm really looking forward to watching uh, as a mid jungle duo.
0: Yeah. I I think it is fascinating because we have both Niski to Mad and then we have Jensen to C nine and I think it's fun because Niski and Jensen were such a hilarious uh, parallel I guess in the off season and mm-hmm. that both these people were surprised that both of these former C nine mid laners were not on starting teams and everybody was kind of trying to plug you know fig- argue that oh, this is the gap that that should be filled by either one of them. Both, I think, sort of have similar levels of recognition by the League of Legends esports community. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I I tend to think people will consider them on equal levels. And so it's it's funny to see them both parallel, which I think leads us over to North America, where we could talk about the Jensen pickup, Mm -hmm. Fudge going top, Sven going to support. So... The, I guess we could say the LS stream is officially dead. Uh, you know the we were much closer to the original C nine planned roster, uh, though obviously Jensen coming in as a surprise. I mean, for some, uh, and then the Sven support stuff I think is also going to be very fascinating. The Jensen stuff is interesting to me because you know the scuttlebutt behind the scenes for a long time was oh C nine is not a place for Jensen because. Uh, you know like maybe they did not leave on good terms and so it's unlikely that he would ever go back and I find this fascinating because to me it feels as though this is like Jensen and C9 being like okay I guess we have to do this you know what I mean <laughs> like that neither team they both kind of needed each other in a way and uh, we've now seen them arrive together so i I don't know. I th- I find it super fascinating. I'm happy to see Fudge go top, and then I am I'm so curious to see what ends up happening with Sven and support because it's not the first time we've seen an ADC switch to support. But uh, I I don't know. What what do you think, Emily? What are your odds on this team doing well with this lineup?
1: All I could think of as you were talking is like that line that's like you must be truly desperate yes, to come to me I for know. help, but it's like both of them <laughs> saying yes. it to each other. Um yes. That's exactly what
0: I was thinking too.
1: Honestly, the big question for me uh, on this team isn't necessarily uh, Jensen at all, and it definitely isn't Fudge going back to top because anyone that knows, I have a lot of respect for Fudge. I think he'll do a lot better backup in the long lane. Um, And I also think he's just a really smart player and and a very dedicated one. The really interesting thing for me is the Sven support angle Um, because there were a lot of other rumors that there was going to be like a someone else swapping to support and then Sven coming in as AD carry and then both Berserker and summit were out. That was another rumor that was going around. And I'm very curious to see how this ends up. I think Sven has, again, really good game knowledge and the only criticism I've ever heard is that he has a very like set idea of how he wants to play the game, which isn't even necessarily a criticism, if everyone is kind of following that. So I think the big thing for me that I'll be really curious about is to see how well Sven and Blabber get along as a jungle support duo because those two positions are just so important for a lot of the early game rotations and setups.
0: See, you're looking at uh, Sven and Blabber. I'm looking at Sven and Berserker because Berserker... Like, you, that's a fascinating bot lane, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have Berserker, who's such a new player. Also, you know, I'm sure his, his English has been getting better, but there's going to be, like, a bit of a, a barrier there. And then you have Sven, who's basically going to be a brand new support, but is also, like, a veteran. So it's like, how well are these two going to to mesh? Because obviously that's going to be a huge component of how th- this team does is basically how well can this bot lane come together because if everybody if everything else is going well and like bot lines just consistently losing every game i feel like that's going to be uh bad news for c9 and i do think that sven is the type of player where like i just i don't know how well he would be able to do with both world swapping and then also being in a matchup that is maybe not working well for him you know what i mean
1: so my counter my only counterpoint to that would be that the current meta and how it's shaking up looks like maybe you don't have to play the 2v2 as aggressively and you can just kind of sit back and chill until we get to team fighting uh, time because of all yeah. the tank changes so like you know you put berserker on some hyper carries and you're just sitting there and you might not be contesting like we've seen from a lot of duos, good and bad uh, yeah. across all regions to be quite honest because playing the 2v2 like that I think is something that was still a bit foreign to a lot of people considering how much support's previously roamed so that that's my counterpoint is like it might be a meta where they can kind of just get away with playing very passively in lane
0: I love the idea of a like EGC9 matchup where in both situations it's just like Danny and Berserker <laughs> on hyper carries. And you're both just waiting for the team fights to actually occur because early on, it's just going to be who could lose lane better. Uh,
1: (laughs) 50-minute games, baby. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. Exactly. All right, well. We've got that. Then there is some other fun little standouts. So Gamsu, mm-hmm. after a stint in Overwatch, if anybody wants to see, I did an interview with him a while back on his return to LCS, where, well, on, on his return to Law Esports, where Core JJ had had encouraged him to come back and play. He's now going to be starting instead of Fake God in um, top for Digitas I feel bad for Fake God. I am a little worried about his future in Law Esports, um, but either way, it's it's cool to see Gamsu back.
1: Yeah, After all these years. I, I love Gomsu a lot. I obviously, in, ha, I've interviewed him a lot across multiple games uh, over the years in both Overwatch and League of Legends. So it's really, it's a cool comeback story, especially since, um, I don't know if he mentioned this to you in his interview, but prior to this return to LoL Esports, where he talked to Core about it, um, all the way back when he first left LoL Esports, he actually was thinking of retiring from Professional esports as a whole, and then started playing on the Overwatch ladder and kind of set like an internal thing for himself where he was like, "Oh, if I get top whatever, I'll, I won't, I won't quit," you know. Um, and then I think he did that again for League. So like, he's someone who's always kind of pushed himself. Um, and then on Dig, I think what they want most from their top lane position is stability. Um, it's also looking like a. Pretty good tank meta, let's just say. Uh, early early signs point to yes. So a lot of either bruiser types or or drain tanks or true tanks. So that's actually right in Gamsi's wheelhouse in terms of like his comfort level. And if you're if you're expecting or like if the team of Dignitas is expecting him to just kind of just sit in lane. Be able to lose gracefully enough, um, and, and then be a tank later in team fights. That's actually pretty perfect, in my opinion, for what his playstyle uh, is as a player.
0: Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Golden Guardian Stixey. This is so disappointing to me. I like Stixey a lot, but with Golden Guardians, I've always felt like they were a little better than the like okay this is a coach okay now the veteran player is coming back like it just feels like such a it's not potentially or particularly innovative you know what i mean or encouraging it feels like kind of the type of thing where you're like okay well i guess we have to field something for summer so let's do this um i don't know i i'm a little disappointed in this decision so uh, I guess we'll have to see how things go, but I, do you, I don't i do know if you have any particular opinions on Golden Guardian Stixate, Emily.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a bit weird because like, I part of me wants to hype Stixate up, right? Because for people that don't know in Academy, um, when their AD carry was not able to make it for a while due to visa slash COVID reasons, I believe, um, he was actually tearing it up in Academy for a while. Uh, so, and he was, again, just supposed to be a coach. Um, and so on the one hand, I'm like, wow, you know, he he actually is coming off of a stint where he looked really good, especially earlier in the season, um, and he was tearing it up. And then uh, balance that with, like, maybe there were some players in Academy that we could have scouted and like obviously again from their teams Tixay was playing a lot with their Academy team because of those things so um, we shall see uh, Well, okay, it's, Here's a, it's my... not the most exciting roster change but also like I don't want to again like I I do think that he did play well in the games I saw from him in Academy so I'll throw that Okay, out there. but
0: what does Skinning Tixay do for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... A does
0: not send them to Worlds this year. Golden Guardians is not going to be attending Worlds in North America, um, sadly, because their arena is the finals uh, location. Uh, Golden Guardians is also not going to be... like Stixi is also not their next franchise player. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the things that's really frustrating to me is that I think Golden Guardians usually makes more savvy decisions than this. And just feels like I don't know a very lazy decision so meanwhile over in Omortals we've got Kenvi and Ignar Ignar back reunited with PoE
1: (laughs) the two like completely opposite (laughs) play styles from those two players Uh, I want to talk about Kenvi though because Kenvi is someone that for those that don't know or if you have just been ignoring any and all Tim Seven Sevenhuesen content for the past, like, few years, Kenvi is another player that is, has been highly anticipated. Um, his LCS debut has been highly anticipated. So he's been on 100 Thieves Academy for a while. And, I, uh, you know, of the roster changes, Kenvi is the one that excites me the most. Um, I'm really curious to see how he how he does with this team. Um, Out of
0: all of them, including the C9 ones?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm most excited about Ken B, Someone I've wanted to see, like, go up against LCS competition for a while. Um, wow. And okay. he's been, he's been down in Academy for a while with people being like, no, if he's LCS RD, he's LCS RD, so.
0: I just worry if he's going to be set up for success on this because obviously, Immortals has had issues uh, previously. And so, this is maybe not the debut, like, LCS debut that, we would have hoped to have seen from him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing is like what, so they have a good split pushing top side sometimes. Uh, so that's like a bit, uh, revenge can be a bit volatile and POE is like the kind of picture of stability, but he doesn't necessarily push forward for his jungler a lot. Um, so yeah. it's a really interesting like mixture. And I'm, I am curious to see what Kendi does with it. I think, poe is still just a really great asset to any kind of new jungler because he is again just so stable you really rarely see him just get absolutely dunked on you know and having mid as that kind of pressure point is really valuable for any jungler to have uh especially a rookie one
0: yeah yeah well we've already talked about tsm maple in the past so we don't need to spend any time on that uh He's going to suck. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about uh, the, the <laughs> Q&A and poll for this week. Uh, so next week, we're going to be having a bit of a broader episode because while we'll be previewing LCS a little bit, there's also, we anticipate, still going to be not much to talk about because games won't have started yet. So LPL we wanted have. to set up... What's that?
1: LPL will have...
0: Yes. Well, and that'll be like the collegiate event that will have occurred. Yep. I don't know if we're going to talk about it too much, but anyway... Uh, this week's Q and a is about what would you like to see changed about league Esports. So normally with our Q and a's, we sort of make them reactive and then you know, we talk a little bit about what you guys, but this time I think it would be cool if there are things that you guys would like to hear us talk about mm-hmm. and uh, our opinions. And so please let us know by opening up the Spotify app and maybe there's a chance that your idea or your point or whatever will be discussed by us next week.
1: That'll be like the a mailbag thing, episode almost.
0: Yes. The other thing, and this is just a general question I wanted to ask, because I'm just curious <laughs> what people's sentiment content? is. Is the LCS broken? Yes, no. I don't know. I'm just fascinated. I mean, okay, Emily, what do you think? It- like, if we get this question back next week, and people's like 60% of people say yes, I think that'll be fascinating. Whereas if 90% of people say no, I think similarly fascinating. You know, I, I, I'm just. I think it's time to go off the wall with a poll question. Alright,
1: right, Okay. Because I
0: think it'll give us something to talk about. It will
1: definitely give us something to talk
0: about. Alright. Reaction shot time. I'll go first because I think last week you went first. Whatever. Either way. (laughs) I hope LCS summer slaps because it needs to. So, for those that don't know, usually summer split has lower viewership than spring. It's just a, I think, the nature of a lot of different things. People have different schedules during this summer maybe there's less excitement around you know seeing a lot of the roster changes coming in maybe that'll be different this time I don't know um and so i think overall you know we're coming off of an MSI that again in theory i personally believe north america did not watch a ton of but at the end of the summer split is worlds in north america and so what i'm really really hoping for is that we get a very fascinating summer split that riot puts on a really amazing broadcast and that people are like oh man like this was the best split that we've had in many many years and then that enthusiasm and energy can go into worlds this year because for those that don't know the lcs and the global teams are kind of different. Like the folks that do a lot of the, mm-hmm. the big international stuff are They're different. They're completely
1: from the, separate actually. Yeah. There's yes. very little overlap.
0: Yes. And so I, it's, it's kind of funny because these two separate teams, like the LCS team, I think needs to set up the global team for success, having this event in North America. And so I am just really hopeful that everything works really well. We get a great summer split and, and, we have everything set up for like a really awesome uh, worlds happening in North America this year that there's a ton of excitement going into it. All right, Emily, how about you?
1: All right. Um, Initially, like I said, I was down on a new patch because I was like, Oh man, as an eight carry. I don't know where I'm going to fit in, but actually it turns out now that I've had like a week to play on it as an eight carry, you feel like a God. It's great. <laughs> so uh, obviously we have like the the lethal tempo and I believe Kraken Slayer nurse coming in, but I am very curious. I, I initially put I'm legitimately looking forward to the new patch. I'm not sure if that will hold out beyond like the first week. I do want to see what teams do with it um, because if it does turn out that it's just eradicated all early aggression, I'll be I'll be somewhat disappointed. And I know that's definitely not. What they wanted to come out of this, right? So um, I'll be really curious to see how people take on the new patch. That's always a really exciting time for me, and I would love to see the return of some some hyper carries. Like I'm expecting, you know, LPL they love their veins, so maybe we're just going to see a ton of vein. Maybe maybe some Twitch and Cogma will pop up. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I'm always just really excited to see how teams adjust to massive patch changes. And this one, I think is one that is actually so big that we definitely don't know the scope of it yet. Um, I think it it's a lot bigger than maybe people are even considering. So yeah, i'm I'm very, very curious to see how teams adjust..
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, but I know there's been a ton of discussion around that patch. So excited to see how things play out in just a short time. Uh, well, that's it for this week's episode of Rift Reaction. Emily, you have more meetings?
1: I have more meetings. I'm about to go to, into another meeting in three minutes. What's it about? LCS week one, baby.
0: All right. What are you, what are you going to be talking about? in it? Oh,
1: that's a secret because I don't want to spoil all my narratives. Got to tune into week one to find out.
0: All right. Well, I guess we'll find out. Either way, (laughs) thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next week for Rift Reaction.